Well, hello there, friends, and welcome back to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast. I was about to say it feels like it's been a long time, but that's because I haven't recorded a podcast in two months. But in reality, you all just heard from me yesterday because we released two episodes per week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. But today is a bonus episode because we have some really juicy information to bring you uh, here with my friend, Christy, who is the owner of OnRoute Financial. Christy, how's it going? It's going. I'm excited to be here with you today, Brayden, and talking all things PPP. Yeah, likewise. Well, thanks so much for agreeing to come on. This was, I know, very like planned very last minute. I, what we decided to do is I asked Christy if she could come into our free Facebook group, Brayden's Besties, to do a live Q&A this Friday. I don't know. What's the date this Friday? It's like January 23rd. 23rd. No, 22nd, 22nd. 22nd. Okay. So January 22nd. So if you're listening to this podcast after January 22nd, 2020, this Q&A would have already happened. But if you're listening to it this week, what we're going to do is we're going to do a Q&A in Braden's Besties at noon Pacific Standard Time. So the idea is, is that everyone will listen to this podcast beforehand, and then they can gather some more specific questions about PPP and bring them to our Q&A. So that's the game plan. Uh, We're recording this on Monday. We're going to get it turned around pretty quickly. So Christy, um, we've already had you on the podcast a few times. If people want to hear your backstory, they want to learn more about your business. I think that was back in, I want to say like episode 19, somewhere around then, so everyone can go back and find it. So just really quickly, why don't you tell us um, what your business is and who you help? Yeah, so OnRoute Financial is a financial planning company, and I work one-on-one with entrepreneurs who are starting to bring the money in, and now they're like, okay, how do I manage it, and how do I get strategic and intentional with the financial decisions that I'm making? And have you been helping a lot of your clients this year with PPP stuff? Yes, there's been a lot of PPP in round one, and now that round two is back, we are at it again. Okay, so I'm assuming most people listening know what we're referring to when we say PPP, but if it's totally foreign, maybe someone just started their business like last week, they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. What is PPP? Yeah, so PPP stands for the Paycheck Protection Program, and it's essentially funds that became available for small business owners as a part of the stimulus packages that were passed. The first one in March with the CARES Act, and then again recently with the second one, more funds have been available for the program. And essentially, it's a forgivable loan. So what that means is that you first receive money as a loan But as long as you use it, and we'll get into the details, but as long as you use it for certain things, that loan becomes forgiven. And it's money that is in your bank account and you get to keep. Okay, so I know there were, when I know when PPP first came out last spring, like the idle loan was also here. It was very confusing. We talked about that. What are the differences? Which one should you get? And we kind of, well, most people learned what all those hangups were along the process. And this round of stimulus, is idle also a thing? And we just don't talk about it because it's not as relevant or is it not a thing anymore? I think it's still a thing. Honestly, for the people that I work with, it's not really something that even makes sense. So I personally don't focus on it. Uh, PPP is more the route to go. Okay. As a small yeah, because I remember like last March and April, everyone was talking about idle or PPP, which one should you get? And it was very confusing. And then I noticed that like by 
June, July, people were only talking about PPP. So clearly that's what we, like the general consensus kind of figured out for small businesses. So let's start with what is different from the last round versus this round of PPP. Are there any substantial changes we need to know about? The big thing is figuring out if you qualify for round two, right? And so two pieces that can allow you to qualify. The first is if you never got money in round one, you can go ahead and apply for round two, just like it was round one, right? So it's kind of like round one is open again if you never got money. So that's the first piece. And then the difference if you got money in round one is that you may potentially qualify for round two. And the qualifier is if you saw a 25% decrease in your revenue in any quarter in 2020 compared to that same quarter in 2019. So I'll give an example. If in Q2 of 2019, your revenue was 100,000, and now in Q2 of 2020, your revenue was 75,000, right? That's a 25% drop that qualifies you. So you want to look back and compare each quarter's revenue in 2019 to that same quarter in 2020. And if you see a 25% drop, then you qualify to get a second round. Got it. Okay. So let's break that into two and talk about kind of the first option first. So if you, you said if you never applied for PPP in the last round and you would have qualified with the first round of funding, then you can apply in the second round. So under those rules in that initial round, assuming that we didn't apply for it, what are the rules and requirements for us? Yeah, so if you are a sole proprietor, an LLC, um, a 1099 contractor, the qualifications would be to have a profit in your business in 2019, right? And so the way that you figure out how much you qualify for is you take that 2019 profit, you divide it by 12, and then you multiply by two and a half. So that's, you know, how you qualify is you have the profit in 2019, and then to figure out how much you, you do that calculation. And then if you're an S corp and you have a formal payroll system set up, then you just take that payroll and you multiply by two and a half. So, you know, so that was a big question that I'd had in round one is, do I need a formal payroll set up? And if you're not an S corp, you don't have a formal payroll. You might pay yourself, but you don't have, you know, maybe the you know taxes being withheld, the, the payroll software set up. So you still will qualify. You just need to have had a profit in 2019, meaning okay. revenue greater than expenses. So to recap, I'll, so I'll give an example. So in 2019, let's say my income was like my profit in my business. And this is pretty close to real life numbers, I think for me, by the way, everyone, just so we're on the same page. My, I think my profit was around $30,000. I think it was more than that, actually. I might be confusing it with 2018, but let's do 30,000, easy number, probably relatable for a lot of my audience. So we divide that by 12 and that's $2,500 because basically what they're saying is if you show $30,000 of profit on your tax return, then you're averaging $2,500 of profit per month, right? Exactly. And then you said you multiply that by what? Two and a half. By two and a half. So then that totals 6,250. So that's how much you would qualify for under PPP? That's exactly right. Yep. 
Okay. And I noticed you didn't say anything about like hardship and you didn't really mention anything about like having a decrease in revenue. Are those requirements for the first round of PPP? Not for the first round. No, that's more, you know, second round with the 25 drop, but first round. Nope. Cause I thought like, I knew there was really like no metrics like there is with the second round where it's very measurable, but I thought you still had to kind of sign off saying that you'd like quote unquote been impacted, whatever that means. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you do have to, to kind of, you know, show that there was an impact, but, um, or not show, but put certify to that. Um, but my thoughts on, around that is, you know, what small business wasn't impacted? Yeah. Because the struggle, like the struggle I have is my revenue more than doubled in 2020. Um, well, the revenue didn't double, but the profit more than the profit more than doubled, which is probably the more important thing. So the difficulty is, is I can't really show that I had a decrease in revenue, but I would still argue that I would have made more if not for COVID-19. And is that more what they're concerned with? the first round exactly you know there there's some aspect of covid that probably has affected all of our businesses whether you know you had a couple customers who canceled or if you have a business i know you work with a lot of creatives and maybe photographers for example where they're not they weren't going out and shooting right so there's for most of us some aspect of our business that has been affected by covid whether it felt big or whether it felt more small, but I think most of us could certify to that. Okay. I might have to, I might go apply for PPP then. <laughs> yes. Brayden. Yes. Apply, please. I'm, I'm like, I wasn't planning on it, but maybe I'll go apply. At first I felt kind of, this is the thing, right? I felt like kind of guilty about it because there was, at first there was a limited amount of funds, right? So I was like, I don't want to take this money if other people really need the money. But then we see all these news stories of all these asshole millionaires who are getting all the PPP money. And then that drives us crazy. In the second round, in the second round of this PPP, is it just the budgets, like however much we need to fund everyone? Or is there another cap? In terms of how much you can get? In terms of like, because last time it was basically like apply now, apply now before the money runs out. Is that still the case with the second round? Mm. There is a limited amount of money. So, you know, it is a first come first served. However, what's interesting is, so you might remember from round one, how that first uh, funding got dried up real quick. And then they actually ended up extending the program and putting more money into it. And there was money left over at the end of that first round that is now carrying into round two. And you're not the only one who, you know, has expressed feeling, you know, do I deserve this? Is this for me? Right. And I think you bring up a great point, like Harvard applied for the money, Shake Shack applied for the money in round one. There were businesses getting hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars under PPP. And, you know, us as as small business owners, you know, the money is going to go to good in our hands, right? We're going to use it for our families and our lives and to invest in other small businesses. So yeah, that's the- true. You make a good point. Cause like right now, my husband and I are looking at houses. We might like, so we might be meet- moving soon. <laughs> that's a stimulation. Yeah. I also, I've been wanting to hire a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant for my business, but I've been weary to spend the money because revenue has been down the past few months. So you are right. If I got like, if I got the $6,000, like I'd probably reinvest half of it into my business, thereby giving money to other business owners. 
and then probably take the the rest of it and pump it <laughs> pump it back into the economy on the personal side of things. Okay. Exactly. So do we have any deadline to apply for this? Do you know? March 31st is the oh, okay. deadline. So there's, there's time then. Cool. Time. All right, yep. I'll... It just opened up to last week and it began the rollout at certain community-based financial institutions. And then this week we should start to see it at the bigger banks. I was just on some of the websites and I haven't seen anything open yet, but it should start to open up for applications hopefully this week. So definitely keep your eyes peeled on, you know, wherever you bank. Got it. So you apply like directly through your bank then? Yep. So you can, I guess, two options. You can apply through the bank where you hold your business bank account, or if, you know, maybe you don't have a business bank account or um, your bank for whatever reason, you don't want to apply through them. There are certain other institutions like Bluevine and Cabbage are a couple that I had a bunch of clients go through last time where you don't have to have a business bank account at their bank in order to apply. So those are your, your two options there. Okay, cool. I just opened a bank account with Novo on Friday. So hopefully they have a good PPP program. They should. They specialize in like online small business. So Cool. And then how difficult is the application process? Like, is it cumbersome or is it just like you give them your personal information and you tell them how much money you made? Yeah, it's, it's really not bad. It, it can look a little overwhelming if you're like, whoa, but really breaking it down, it's personal information. It is putting in, you know, the numbers for how much you would qualify, right? So you may be putting in your 2019 profit, or if you're an S-Corp, you may be sharing your, your average monthly payroll. Um, and then you'll also need to include documentation. I, I haven't seen what exactly they'll be asking for in round two since applications haven't really fully opened uh, but I would assume it's probably similar to round one where it's either, you know, maybe a schedule C or a profit and loss statement or uh, a bank statement. So you'll need some sort of documentation. And then they also just have, you know, less than 10 questions that kind of ask, you know, are you a felon or have you been, you know, in penalized under criminal law for so-and-so or so just kind of those types of questions, but um, it's pretty basic for the most part. Okay, cool. All right. So let's go ahead and talk about PPP round two. So for those of the people, like those people who are listening, who did apply for round one, going to apply for round two. Now the rule you gave was pretty straightforward. So Let's go ahead, let's, let's give a, uh, a simpler math example, because the first one you gave was $100,000 of revenue in a, a single month, right? Quarter, a quarter. A quarter, a quarter. Okay, so let's assume we have someone who makes, let me find a number that's divisible by four. Let's say $80,000 in, in revenue, right? That's a good one, right? So 20,000 times four is $80,000. So they had $80,000 of revenue in 2019. So $20,000 a month. And now let's say in 2019, and this is probably a very reasonable example for someone in the wedding industry, which is a lot of my audience. Let's say they only had $40,000 of revenue in 2020. That's half. And we're going to assume for math's sake that it's 
a perfect correlation. They made $20,000 per quarter in 2019, $10,000 per quarter in 2020. That easily meets the rule, right? Because it's that's 50% less and our rule is 25% less, right? Exactly, yep. Okay, so when you're looking at, did I have at least a 25% decrease in revenue? Can you look at any quarter you want to among those four quarters? Any quarter in 2019 compared to that same quarter in 2020. Okay, because for a lot of people, like quarter one is probably not going to be lower because they are going to have like full bookings in January, February, and maybe even through mid-March, which mm -hmm. is, you know, like 80% of that quarter already. Um, so you can pick any quarter and then... You said you, we, we don't really know what documentation they're going to need for the other pieces. So I'm assuming we don't know what they're going to want here. But do you know, or are you just supposed to base that on your own bookkeeping? I believe that would be my guess on what they're going to ask for. Um, once a couple of applications open up and I go through it, I'll have some more clarity on this. But right. no that would be my that. best guess on what you could show them or bank statements. Okay. Yeah. Bank statement. I mean, bank statements would make the most sense from the perspective of if I'm representing the federal government and I want to make sure people aren't cheating because for 2019 people could just show their schedule C, but the schedule C doesn't show anything by quarter, right? You could just lie and say, Oh, well I only made, or you could lie and say I made, you know, 60 out of my 80,000 in Q4. And then the next year, I only made 20,000, but that might not be the truth. So the bank statements, I feel like could make more sense. Yeah. Basically my, my cautionary tale to everyone is <laughs> make sure that you're being totally honest with all of this because they're probably gonna have things built into the application to catch you if you are not giving real numbers. This is also a lesson learned on why your bookkeeping needs to be legit. Yes, 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 for sure. Definitely apply with truth and integrity and yes to the to the bookkeeping. That is a, I think the PPP has been a good lesson for a lot of people who applied even in round one because people didn't have tax returns done, right? People didn't have the bookkeeping up to date. And so it goes to show the value of being on, on top of bookkeeping and, and taxes because when things like this happen and there's other reasons to be on top of it too right but this was an example of you know being organized and having your documents in order really serving you yes okay so for our i'm going to call it the second prong of ppp like the second way you can get it so it's the 20 i'll call it the 25 percent rule so you have to meet the 25 percent rule this is you, my background as an attorney coming out, we create, if there's not already a rule created, we name the rule to make it easier to talk about <laughs> and discuss, right? So we have our 25% rule. Are there any other rules or check, like check boxes you have to check off uh, if you're applying for the second time? Or is that really the only one? So, you know, you have to have less than 300 employees, which probably applies to okay. all of us here. Um, and then you also have to use 60% of it or more for payroll. So literally paying yourself, transferring it from a business account to a personal account, right? If you're not on payroll, that's 60, at least 60%, if not the full amount. And then the other qualifying expenses are rent utilities, mortgage, and also in round two, they expanded upon that. So there's things like 
I saw um, like accounting expenses, some software expenses could fall into that. There were also some specific expenses related to payroll. So if you needed to spend money, um, you know, on a, on a worker or, or, you know, property damage or, or anything kind of like related to, to COVID, um, that would qualify as well. There's a whole whole list. So I'm assuming um, contractor can, payments would be sufficient as well if you don't have employee, like other employees. So weirdly enough, that doesn't count as payroll contractors. Really? Only double. Yeah, I know. It's that's, so, act, that's, that's actually really that's actually really shitty because it's like you would yep. think from a policy perspective they would be like we want you to be able to pay the people who are relying on you regardless of whether they're employees weird i agree i think that just shows you know how small business is viewed or maybe not even fully understood uh, by right. lawmakers okay interesting all right so you said 60 percent of it, up to 60 percent has to be used for payroll if you are applying to ppp for the first time is that also the rule for those individuals yes so okay. at least 60 percent or up to 100 percent you could use all of it to pay yourself. And so how do you, okay, so this is an interesting question, Christy. So I have, like, let's say I apply for this next week. And about how long does it usually take for them to approve my application and me actually get the money? We'll see. That's a good question because when it, round one, when everything first opened, it was taking, you know, weeks, if not up to a month, just because, Banks were overwhelmed, everybody was applying, but then towards the end of round one, when they, you know, put more money in, I had clients getting approved in a day and getting money, you know, the next day. So who knows, but it let's, could be a range. Let's assume that I apply, like, okay, okay, let's assume that I apply on Friday and I get approved a week later and then I have the $6,000 from, is it, does it come from the IRS, the federal government? I don't even know. The SBA is the one, you know, kind of overseeing this program, but the government is funding it. Got it. So I get the $6,000 from the SBA in my bank account. And then let's assume that I also make like $6,000 like that week. That's more than I'm making in a week right now, but let's assume. So I have $12,000 in my bank account. And then the easiest way for me to meet the requirements is then I just, because I now do have an S-Corp, so I just run payroll for $6,000. Is that all I have to do to meet my requirement? Yeah, so the requirements are, yep, you would run your S-Corp or you would run your payroll and then you have to pay it out over either an eight or 24 week period. So, you know, for you, it might just be maintaining your payroll, you know, month after month. If it's a business to where maybe they are really having some cash flow issues and uh, maybe don't have as much coming in, then maybe you're, you might stretch that amount over, you know, the eight or 24 weeks. But in terms of applying for forgiveness, they're going to want to see that you've used it to pay yourself over either an eight or a 24 week period. Okay. Interesting. So I'm on a 25, I pay myself $2,500 every other week. That's my payroll. And so what I would do, I took 6,000 divided by eight, that's $750. So basically after uh, eight, eight cycles, let's say eight cycles of my normal payroll, I would just basically submit and say, I took 750 of that 6,000 to put towards my $2,500 a month or biweekly payroll for eight weeks. 
Yeah, exactly. You would just okay. pretty much you would just show your normal payroll and that would be, you know, the funds being used for payroll. Got it. And then again, for those of you, Christy's mentioned this a few times. So for those of you who don't have an S corp, you're just going to pay yourself. You're just going to, we call it like, it's like an owner's draw, basically just to transfer from your business bank account to your personal account. This is how I teach people to do cash flow. I actually have people transfer from their business account to a salary or payroll account. And then from there to your personal account to get you used to paying yourself on a regular and routine basis. So if that's all very confusing for you, don't worry. We, we have like, I have trainings to help you figure that out. Um, unfuckyourbiz.com if you want to get started with that. So Chrissy, I think this was super helpful and actually like a lot less confusing than the last time we talked about this. Maybe because like we've all just had more time to digest it, figure it out. Yeah, for sure. And I think it kind of got overcomplicated and yeah. it, it seemed like, is this for me? And do I deserve this? And, you know, just kind of finding some more clarity around like, yes, this is for you as a contractor, LLC, S corp, small business owner. And you don't need to have all the complicated payroll set up. If you do great, if not, you still qualify and yeah, definitely check out Braden's resources around. Yeah. You know what, Christy, I'm, I'm not, if I apply for this, I'm not going to feel bad because I paid at least twice as much in taxes over the last year as I'm going to get. Thank you. Please don't. I mean, how many, the airlines are getting bailouts. Like everybody's getting money from the stimulus package and this is your piece of it and you deserve it. And yes, you've paid into the system for this exact reason. Another question for you, Christy, do you know, I'm pretty sure I already know the answer to this, but I always forget, is your PPP taxable? Last I've seen, it's not. I feel like that's changed a couple of times. Okay. But most I, thought it, recently, I thought it was taxable. So maybe you and I can both research that and circle back on Friday when we do our Q&A. Yes, because yes. I think it's changed a couple of times. Because, well, I can say like generally anytime you get a loan that you don't end up paying back, then the IRS considers that to be income. Because basically it's as if someone just paid you money, right? Um, but it's a little bit different. So we talked about two different ways you can qualify for this round of PPP. We talked about how, what requirements you have to meet to get it forgiven. That's like pretty much it, right? We talked a little bit about the application process, but a lot of that's still up in the air. So not a whole lot of specifics there. Anything else that we didn't cover that you think we need to share? Hmm. I'll just add that the forgiveness application for loans under 150 is just a, you know, quick one pager. Um, so it's pretty easy to apply for forgiveness, but then also you have, you have time. So the loan, you don't need to begin payments until 10 months and interest is deferred until then. So as long as you, you know, get the money, use it in that eight to 24 weeks, and then before 10 months comes around, you know, apply for forgiveness, get it forgiven. That way, you know, it's off your books before there's any interest accruing, before any payments come due. So that's another tidbit too, is before the 10 months, make sure to get your forgiveness application in. Okay, perfect. All right, this was so helpful. Well, Christy, thanks so much for coming and answering all these questions. I know I grilled you with a lot of them. Of course, thanks for having me on. Beautiful. So hopefully you all found this podcast is informative and helpful as I did. I know that I learned a lot. Q 
keep in mind, we're doing our Q&A on Friday. So if you have questions, come and pop them in our Facebook group. I actually just this morning posted a PPP question collection thread. So what we do in our Facebook group is every Monday, we do a general question collection thread. So it's like ask great in anything. You can ask follow-up questions on the podcast. I have students in my courses who post questions based on lessons in the courses. I have people who are totally new to the group ask questions as well. Since we're having Christy come to our Q&A on Friday, this week's question collection is on PPP specifically. So after listening to this episode, you all may have some fantastic follow-up questions that I did not ask during the episode, or maybe just questions that are personal to you. Post them on there, and then Christy and I will use that as our prompt for our Q&A on Friday. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll be back in your podcast app tomorrow for a new episode.